Well, I'm going to try to get rid of those boxes. There this podcast is sponsored by the valleygivesback.org. All right, it's too awkward to do that uh, on camera. Welcome to Naval Gazing Valley Indie Podcast. My name is Eugene Driscoll. I am a reporter with valleyindie.org. In temporarily in Derby, Connecticut, in my basement because of COVID, I've been working out of my basement. Uh, this podcast, by the way, like you heard from my daughter, is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. Please visit that website to learn how you can make a lasting difference for the good of the valley. Uh, also, I just uh, a quick programming note. The Great Give starts May 4th, 2021. Please support the Valley Indy. Uh, and in fact, uh, advanced giving. I just combined in a fact in advance. I don't know what I'm saying. Advanced giving, Kurt. Wow. Starts today, Friday, April 23rd. So anybody who is inclined to donate to the Valley Indy can do so right now at donate.valleyindy.org. But please tune in to Valley Indie Facebook on May 4th and May 5th for a series of live streaming video interviews with various great give participants. Okay, today it. I'm well, sorry. hold on. I'm, hold on. Before we get into what we want to talk about, I'm going to issue a challenge that I will donate $1 more than Rick Dunn to the Valley. Wow. So That's say that right. again. Say that again because I stepped on you. I will donate $1 more than rick dunn i think i'm on rick's bad side so that may just literally be one dollar so i don't know what kind of that challenge is, that is but but that i may work it. out to me but i know rick usually you know we we're usually on and we kind of go back and forth we try to raise money during you know the different segments but i will raise a dollar more than rick dunn so once he's done all that he's done i will then give you a dollar more than that oh thank you very much that's to uh, to Rick Dunn. All right, so like it's my extreme pleasure, by the way, to welcome back to Naval Gazing the Valley Indie Podcast. Essentially, he was my co-host for like a year when he was uh, the first selectman of Seymour. It is a former first selectman of Seymour and currently the chief fiscal officer of Ansonia, Connecticut, Mr. Kurt Miller. Always a pleasure to be here. And today we're going to talk. We're going to be talking about the proposed. 2021, 22, whatever it is, 21, 22, and Sonia budget. And that will go into effect uh, July 1st of this year. But before we do that, I just want to remind people, there's a couple of, I actually just got off the phone with a uh, Ansonia resident. And I just want to remind people, let me see if I can share this screen. A couple of public hearings coming up uh, next week in Ansonia. So I'm going to take a little tangent real quick to talk about there is a public hearing 6 p.m. Monday, April 26 on Zoom about a proposed motel in Ansonia at 557 Wakeley Avenue. I'm going to try to post this podcast as soon as possible. I'm also going to put this uh, on the website as well. But I just want to remind people that is happening 6 p.m. Monday, April 26. If you have an opinion you want to share about the Ansonia motel, that is the time to do it. So I will stop sharing there. All right, so now on to the topic at hand. There is also a public hearing on the Ansonia budget, the proposed Ansonia budget, scheduled for 6 p.m. Tuesday, April 27th. Again, that's 6 p.m. Tuesday, April 27th. I've been getting these dates wrong a lot, so hopefully I didn't just mess that up. Well, you're correct. Uh, that's right, okay. Yep. 
Uh, and again, it's the it would be covering the fiscal year starting July 1st. So from what I understand, Kurt, in Ansonia, the board of aldermen set the budget and the mill rate. And so far, that budget in terms of the process has been unveiled by the mayor. Correct. Reviewed by the Ansonia Board of Apportionment and Taxation. Correct. And now we're at the point where it's heading to the Ansonia Board of Aldermen and Alderwomen for final review. Is that essentially what happens? That is correct. Yes, so they're going to have their public hearing um, on ne next Tuesday or Tuesday, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, and from there, they'll take some direction from the residents and then move forward. But I would expect uh, the budget will be completed uh, probably within a month or so. Uh, you know, we want to wait to make sure that we have all of the state revenue numbers correct. Uh, but I think it's it's important that while we're waiting for that, that we take as much feedback and input from the residents as we can uh, to try to in incorporate as much of that as possible. And what I've been hearing, uh, I learned this in Derby and then looked it up and confirmed it. Uh, Governor Lamont, I guess at the beginning of this month, modified an executive order or maybe instituted a new one that gives all communities uh, in Connecticut more time, should they choose to use it, to submit and approve a, or to approve a budget. I think it's, an, it's like June 1st or something like that they have, right? Yeah, yeah, but uh, we're not gonna need that. We're actually uh, moving along very nicely in our, our, our process. Um, if anything, we're, like I said, we're gonna slow the process down a little bit just to make sure that we have all of that uh, information so we can put out the best budget uh, possible. And so the budget, the budget proposal, and this is from uh, previous reporting Valley Indy published, uh, it carries no tax increase. I guess I should note that right off the bat. Um, it keeps the mill rate at 37.8 mills, from what I understand. Again, no tax increase. Correct. The budget proposal totals about $59.2 million. Yep. It carries a spending increase from the budget in place right now compared to this proposed one of about $1.5 million or about 2.6% budget to budget increase. Is that right so far? Uh, give or take, I'm just flipping by. I have the budget up in front of me, uh, budget summary. Yeah, you're right, right in that ballpark, yep. Uh, and I wanted to first focus, Kurt, on that $1.5 million increase, sort of take a big picture look at this. Can you break down what's the spending uh, components of that budget to budget $1.5 million increase? Um, you know, I, I guess we'll take a step back. One of the things um, that the mayor really wanted to accomplish, he, you know, he's had a, a vision and a plan that he's been working on over the last uh, six or seven years. Um, and that was to kind of put a good foundation in place for the city of Ansoni. You know, it wouldn't be a, a podcast with you and I if we didn't talk about things like fund balance and debt ratio and so on. Um, but, you know, the underlying financials in the city of Ansonia are actually very strong. Uh, and that was proven with the S&P rating that the city received back in January, where it reaffirmed, you know, our AA minus status. So with that foundation in place, you know, the mayor wanted to continue to move the city forward. And doing that uh, as a part of that plan is, you know, its infrastructure, uh, its technology, it's reinvesting in the city, reinvesting in the people. So a good chunk of that uh, increase is, is capital funding um, and debt service. So those are some of the biggest drivers of that 1.5 million. So 
again, we're looking at reinvesting in the city with the new police station. Uh, you know, we're going to spend, uh, you know, roughly $16 million on that, which will be, you know, fantastic for the city. And then we're also making investments in, in just necessary equipment across the board, whether it be public works, um, different pieces of equipment, technology, so on and so forth. So, you know, this is kind of what we'll call it step two or three of the mayor's plan as to how he wanted to move the city forward. And that's the biggest driver of uh, this 1.5 million increase. Plus we wanted to fully fund uh, the Board of Education. Um, you know, that was a priority for the mayor. We wanted to make sure that the Board of Education had enough money in these trying times. Uh, you know, it's, it's certainly been a challenge for them over the last year or so educating, uh, you know, our kids with COVID and, and all of the restrictions and, and everything along along those lines. Uh, you know, the mayor has a great relationship with Superintendent Tobacco. Uh, they talk quite frequently. They work together. And essentially what you're seeing in this budget on something that really hasn't been publicized all that much is the Board of Education is going to be giving a, a large sum of money back to the city. The city in turn is going to give that right back to the Board of Education. So and that was a deal that that was a deal that was like worked out a year or two ago. There's a, spe a specific name for that. Oh, no, no. This this is something that just came about um, this year. Uh, conversations between the mayor and, and the superintendent. Um, you know, the superintendent reached out to the mayor and said, listen, we're not going to spend, you know, all of our money. Um, and he didn't want to just, you know, a lot of boards of education, they'll just spend every nickel because there's concerns that they're not going to get it back. Um, but again, they have an excellent working relationship. They had those conversations and the superintendent said, listen, if we give money back to the city, is there a chance that we can get some of that money back next year to continue doing projects and things like that? The mayor was 100% on board with that. Is that, so, I'm looking at the budget right here. It might be hard for people uh, to read. And this is the budget that's available on the city of Ansonia website. Uh, as of Friday, April 23rd. So I don't know if this is completely up to date, but this is what the public has at the moment. It says mm -hmm. uh, the return of surplus capital expenses. Is that what you're talking about? $404,000? Correct. Yep, because, um, you, you know, that. listen, that's a show of good faith by the Board of Education um, that they want to do the right thing, that they understand that, you know, everyone's in this together, the municipal side, the Board of Education side, and the more we work together, the better the lines of communication, the better the results are going to be. And this city, unfortunately, has seen in the past what happens when there is a breakdown of that communication. But that is not the case anymore. Um, those lines, those you know, those lines are open. Uh, mayor, as I said, the mayor and the superintendent talk quite frequently, and this is the collaboration that you see. You know, the mayor was extremely appreciative of the fact that the board of education would be giving that money back, and he in turn wanted to return that favor and say, if you're going to do the right thing, then we're going to absolutely do everything we can in our power to make sure that you're fully funded to your request, which is what this budget does. And then in terms of looking at my notes here, Ansonia Public Schools, the school budget is roughly $33.6 which is about a million dollar increase or 3.25% more than the current budget. And that's what looking right here, although it's hard to, a little hard to read, uh, that looks like what they requested just about, or it's a little different on here, but it's roughly the request. It's the request. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Let me stop sharing that screen. And what about in terms of the $1.5 million increase? I saw that the like wages seem to be going up 
Oh, uh, is there, I, I imagine that that's a union contract and then the non-union employees also get uh, whatever percent increase the union employees get. That's usually the case in, in these municipalities. Do you, do you roughly know uh, how much wages are increasing? Like what percent uh, salary increase did everybody get in Ansonia this year? Uh, you know, a, a bunch of different contracts have been negotiated over the last uh, year or so. Uh, I would say on average, the raises are about 2%. Um, in total, some are broken up. You know, they get 1% on July 1st. They get a, a, an additional 1% on January 1st. Uh, some, the raises are just all given on July 1st. So I, I would say in average, you're looking at about 2% uh, a year is the increase. Uh, some in that ballpark for our union employees. Uh, for our non-union employees, um, similar. Not all of them receive raises. Um, you know, they understand with the pandemic going on, with things being tight, uh, that not everyone got raises. And then we have some folks who are on contracts um, and their raises were dictated by by the contracts. Okay. And then uh, I just have a, uh, I want to skip around a little bit and then I'll sure. throw it over to you again. Although you've already mentioned bond rating. So, so that already happened. <laughs> Thank well, I'll you. i that three or four times, Eugene. Thank you for mentioning debt service right at the top of this podcast. Um, I really do appreciate that in terms of listenership because, you know, that's... Uh, debt ratio is something that is very exciting and something that needs to be talked about more. With sound effects. Okay, sure. so State Rep Kara Rochelle the other day, April 21st, specifically on Facebook, uh, had a image saying that Ansonia is receiving $5.4 million from the American Rescue Plan. Mm -hmm. uh, is that included uh, in this? Because this is the big question that I hear in Derby as well. They're not quite ready to put their budget together yet because they want to, they sense a windfall coming down because of COVID and uh, all the extra funding that's coming, uh, especially by the way of uh, Alliance District or economically distressed communities such as Derby and Ansonia. So that 5.4 million, uh, is that included? Is that what you anticipated? How's it work out? What's it like putting together a budget when there's supposed to be all this, this federal uh, money coming down? Uh, the the 5.4 million, again, there's still a lot of uncertainty with that. Um, you know, actually what we're going to get, how we're going to receive it, how we're going to be able to, to spend it. Um, so we did not include any of the American Recovery Act funds in the budget. Um, again, that's more than likely going to be a one-time revenue source, or maybe they'll break it up over two years. Uh, again, we're not 100% sure how that's going to be used. So to put that into a budget uh, as a revenue stream is not the best way to do things. Um, again, because at some point that revenue goes away and your expenses are still there. So we are looking at that money uh, at the mayor's urgence, um, again, to go towards more capital improvements, whether it be roads, uh, you know, purchasing of a fire truck, uh, you know, different things like that. So again, we're trying to be very prudent with how we use this money in the budget. Uh, you know, we had to base a lot of it on the governor's recommendations. Uh, we did receive about 1.6 million in what's known as distressed municipality money. Uh, you know, no one can answer the question: Is that 1.6 million a part of the 5.4 million? Uh, we only budgeted about half of that money in the budget. Uh, the governor's projecting that that money would be available to Ansonia over two years. Uh, so the goal was to use that and tie it towards uh, some of the capital purchases and things like that that we have so we don't have that funding cliff 
uh, in a year or two that causes uh, more budgetary uh, problems, more budgetary flexibility. And just one follow-up about that. In Derby last night, I was watching their alderman talk about this uh, money that's coming down uh, because of COVID relief and everything we've been going through the last year. And uh, is there any particular way, let's say you pass the budget, and then you're going to get a sense of how you can use this money and exactly how much is coming down. Uh, Do you have to set up a a new spending process or a new approval process to allocate this money? Like, how are the towns going to do that? Well, there's millions that are coming, but you're not budgeting it, but it could arrive. How does that work? To be honest, I don't think anybody has a lot of idea yet how all that's going to work because there hasn't been a lot of information. We all understand that money's coming. We hear that money's coming. We're all being given dollar amounts. But again, until we find out ex- exactly how the money can be spent, um, you know, it's it's a little uh, premature to be actually spending it. We've uh, taken, you know, the mayor's charged some of his senior staff to start looking at uh, different potential uses for this money. And again, one-time purchases, needed capital, uh, reinvestments in, in specific uh, projects and, and things like that that we have going on. Um, that's how he envisions this money being used. Um, but again, it's all going to come down to what the rules are attached to how the money can be spent. Okay. I'm just going to share my screen for a second. Let's see if I can do this. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about were, uh, say, public works. Mm-hmm. It looks like, if I'm reading this correctly, uh, they're taking a dip, a, a pretty significant dip uh, from the current budget, which is right here, which it looks like 2.1 million down to about 2 million. Uh, and if I, th- I think the wages are taking, are there any like layoffs happening there? You're not replacing somebody coming back. Uh, no, again, what's going on there? You have, you have to take a look at, um, the budget is very different than it's looked in the past. Um, one of the things that the mayor wanted, uh, from the get go, was to make a budget document that was a little bit easier to understand for the average person. Uh, the old document, if you remember, kind of had things lumped together that didn't necessarily go together. So Wait, I've got a sound effect for this. You're, you're calling me an idiot is what you're saying. No. Jesus, Tom, I was just speculating about a hypothesis. I know I don't know nothing. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just waiting to do um, that. So, no, he, he wanted to have things grouped together that go together. So. Um, you know, as an example, the old budget, it had debt service, it had employee benefits, um, and it had a, a few other things all lumped together into kind of one section of the budget. And that really doesn't make any sense if you're trying to truly understand what the impact of any uh, budget increases are. So we spent a lot of time going through and what you'll see, there was things that were taken out of this budget uh, that were moved to other uh, their own departments. I mean, just below it. I mean, it's hard to see. You know, things like waste collection, uh, city buildings, city utilities, street lights. A lot of that stuff used to all be jammed into the public works budget, uh, but we wanted gotcha. to take that out. There was also an old uh, pension plan payment that was in that budget uh, that's been moved down to the bottom, where we took all of our pension contributions, whether it be to the old uh, police department plan, the old city plan or the current MERS plan, that has all been put together. Plus, you know, we haven't, there's, the mayor was very concerned about making sure during the pandemic that we kept all of our employees uh, on staff, that we didn't lay anyone off. 
Um, and we were able to do that. We did have to move some people around uh, to different jobs uh, just to keep them busy because obviously, you know, the library, as an example, wasn't open to the public. So it didn't make any sense to have the full library staff there when we can utilize some of those employees in other spots. And, you know, the union, uh, you know, was very good to work with in regards to that because, you know, again, we were keeping everyone um, keeping everyone employed. So. You're just going to ignore them that you're going to ignore the fact I have my look. I'm saying, hold on. Let me interrupt. Oh, for a second, I, I that, didn't realize I'm oh, looking so out the window. I get mesmerized by looking out on Main Street because there's a flag flying. There's trees. There's birds. I miss know. Main Street and Sonia. But like one thing I was going to focus on here. It's interesting just as someone who just read this budget in like the last hour. There are actual cuts. I mean, library, the approved funding from the current budget library wages looks like it's going from four hundred and seven thousand all the way down to three fifty five. Well, that uh, that will, uh, will dress up our way. That That is one of the positions that I, I just mentioned. There was a, a staff member in the library um, who's been moved over to City Hall. So we took, so it didn't make sense to keep the budget, the, the revenue, or excuse me, the expense on the library side. That's not fair. So we moved it over into the finance department salary line because that's where the person currently is. Um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the pandemic. We don't know how quickly things are going to open up. And even when things do open up, um, we don't know how it's going to look going forward. So the money is still there. The employee is still there. Uh, it's just in a different budget. How about recreation? I've seen some posts uh, on social media uh saying so it looks like i'm looking at this right here and again i'm just looking at it yep. but uh like basketball was fun it doesn't look like it's getting funded in the budget that i'm looking at uh and sonia yes. youth football little league soccer girls softball what's what's going again, on there philosophical change with um how it's been done in the past something that the mayor and the aldermen wanted to do um that money has been taken and as some have has been added to it and it's been put in it's an individual fund if you scroll all the way down to the bottom into the boat section uh you'll actually see a line there um what organizations will do now is they will essentially apply to the alderman or a subcommittee or a committee that the alderman will create um and discuss the amount of need that they have. And then the alderman will be able to award money to these different groups uh, based on that need. They're gonna have to show, you know, some of their, their financials, what their actual need is, uh, so on and so forth. Because we want the money to be focused to the groups that really need it. Um, and just to give kind of a blanket request doesn't seem to, to make sense because again, where do you stop? You know, if you're giving to Little League and to basketball and to soccer and to football and to cheerleading and, you know, Cub Scouts and Girl Scouts and now a, a fine arts group comes along and it just continues and continues and continues. And where do you say no? So what the, where did that okay. idea come from? That was at the, the alderman or boat? Uh, that was kind of a, a joint conversation with the mayor and the alderman. Um, I know there's been a lot of conversation. Uh, with the alderman about how you know youth sports is handled uh in the city um you know there's been several meetings uh conversations things like that about trying to set something up whether it's a governing body or whatnot so that's sort of where all of that uh, came in it's you know th these are things that are constantly evolving um you know there's a lot of open conversation a lot of dialogue and 
that we all of them are working hard to try to make things as best they can. Um, and that is certainly the, you know, the preference of the mayor as well. And uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, the police department. I published a letter to the editor this week that I had received from uh, Brian Perkins, who was questioning the fact that the, this budget in its current form doesn't fully fund the request for funding from the police department. And if I'm talking like a bureaucrat, that means for anybody listening, uh, if I'm the police department and I say I want $100 for next year, and then the powers that be say, well, you're not going to get 100, we'll give you 75. So there's right. still a funding increase. And I think this this blew up in the comment section before it became a little, you know, as Facebook tends to do. But, uh, but what's the rationale there? And then, Curry, I don't mean to put you in the position because you're not the political guy here. You're, you're, you're the finance guy. Right. But what's going on with the police budget? And I ask only because there is, I mean, one thing we've seen in Ansonia and Derby and all across Connecticut, people breaking into cars, it seems nonstop. Ansonia has its share of uh, violent crime, uh, you know, off North Main Street over the last couple of years. Uh, as has Derby. So, uh, you know, people might get nervous if when the police department says we need this much to run our department mm -hmm. and, uh, and they're not quite getting that much. And it looks like some of the things that were shaved were like for car tires and, and, and uh, maintenance of vehicles and things like that. What's, do you think that money is going to be restored or what's the, what's the rationale behind not fully funding the PD request for next year? Well, to, to your point, I mean, I'm not a political guy anymore. So I'm just going to talk about the actual facts of what it is, and then people can determine from that what what they want. Um, you know, the, the police department budget is increasing about $156,000 fiscal year to fiscal year. Um, there has been no layoffs. Um, it is fully staffed as it was this current year. Will be fully staffed next year. There's no changes. Um, the police department requested a third lieutenant, which would be four administrators. Um, the mayor did not think that that was necessary. Um, that position was $111,037. So of the $278,000 cut, we'll call it, from uh, what the police department requested to what they actually got, uh, 111000 of it was that. Um, another 134,000 came from changing the way that we account for our patrol division. Um, patrol division is, is fully funded. We'll have the same number of patrol officers that we had uh, last year will be the same number that we'll have this year. It's the city never took into account um, workers comp and then the, the changeover when an officer leaves and how they're replaced. So we've had two officers on the last month or so that have retired um, and they're going to need to be replaced. Now, when you have officers at the top step and you're replacing them, first it's gonna take six to nine months to even get the replacement in and out on the street. They're gonna come in at a lower rate. Um, so you need to factor that in. And then also you need to take into account for workers comp. Um, you know, if an employee goes out on workers comp, it's paid out of a different part of the budget. So that is taken into account. So that $134,620 $134, to be exact was the calculations that we went through 
to take all of that into account. So of that um, 278,000, that's $245,000. So what was not granted to the police department on their request is $32,250 out of $3,271,049 or 0.01%. So for people to say that the mayor isn't fully funding the police department is just statistically, it's not even correct. And this also takes into account the unfunded mandate that we received from the state of Connecticut with the police accountability bill that at a minimum has added $80,000 to the police department budget. And I could see that number climbing to as high as $100,000. And that's for dash cams, body cams, body is that the big cams, extra training, um, so on and so forth. So for someone to say, you know, that uh, that the mayor, that the board of aldermen, that boat is not fully funding um, the police department is it, just irresponsible. Um, and, and again, I'm not going to get into the politics of it because that's what it is. It's political. Um, you know, if you go back to the public meeting that was held, you know, the chief raised these concerns as he should, um, but then it was followed very closely by Lieutenant Williams saying that, no, hold on, I had the conversation, uh, you know, with me and Lieutenant and I would communicate quite frequently, mostly via email and things, but um, where we talk specifically about that because he raised the question, hey, Kurt, what's going on with the patrol? Am I gonna be able to hire people? I said, Lieutenant, you can bring in your full complement of patrol officers. We're just looking at it a very different way. and. Lieutenant Williams articulated that. The mayor understands that there's concerns um, from the residents with crime, um, and he wants to make sure that he's putting as many boots on the street as possible, I guess, for lack of a better term. So that's why when he had to prioritize kind of what he wanted to accomplish, he thought it made more sense to have the full complement of patrol and not fund that extra administration position because of the stress that the police accountability bill has placed on the police department budget. So uh, again, I'm not gonna get involved in the politics of it because I know- we're Every time you say that, you are. The crazy <laughs> season, but you know, listen, people can write what they want in these op-eds. And as a person who's written many op-eds in his day, um, you know, they're all slanted. They're trying to, you know, put something out there, but I just wanna, you know, put the actual facts out there, 0.01% is what it is so and in terms right. of the police accountability accountability bill i just want to mention because i'll get uh, uh emails as well in terms of the body cam stuff the the and sonia is poised to get 50 percent reimbursed that first year that's the idea from what i understand right potentially um but you know hey you know the municipal lever level we're still when the state of connecticut increased the sales tax and that money was supposed to come directly back to the towns and cities four years ago Still haven't seen it. And in the budget, in the governor's proposal, he's pushing that out another two years. So, you know, when it comes to state funding, I believe it when I see it arrive. Okay. And I just want to remind people that the public hearing on this budget and go to the city of Ansonia website. Uh, you can read over these documents yourself. And then you can come out uh, to Zoom, actually, 6 p.m. Tuesday, April 27th. Again, it's 6 p.m. Tuesday, April 27th for the public hearing on this budget. Where and, and and show up. I mean, I was just talking to somebody. There, there's sometimes there's an impression among people that ah, it's already decided. They're not going to. I mean, politicians do on the local level. 
they their ears go up when people show up. Uh, so I encourage people to, to participate. Uh, all right, so those are all really my questions uh, on the Ansonia budget. Before I let you go, uh, Chief Fiscal Officer Miller, uh, is there anything else you wanted to add about the Ansonia budget that perhaps I have not asked? I just want to stress, um, and I know, you know, Mayor Cassetti in the past is, um, you know, people have challenged his budgeting, his thinking, his way of, of, of doing things. You know, he has a very clear vision of what he wants. Um, you know, coming from my old position to this position, obviously, it's it, it was hard going from being the guy in charge to now just being a guy who works for the guy. But I will say this, his vision is very clear. And it actually, it's enjoyable for me to do my job because he's very, we talk every day, you know, he makes sure I understand what he's, um, what his goals are. Uh, the mayor is very open to feedback, um, which is good. So when we were putting this budget together, you know, there was a lot of us, you know, providing feedback, challenging each other, uh, pushing back, you know, the mayor took all of that information in um, and at the end of the day, he made the final calls on all these things to make sure that this budget matches the vision that he has. I mean, he has big plans for the city of Ansonia. And, you know, I talked earlier about the different steps. This is probably step two or three of a, you know, a six or seven step plan um, where he wants to continue to reinvest in the city. Um, you know, our underlying finance, our underlying financials are very strong. Um, you know, we, our cash position, you know, stands right around 10%. I'm not going to go over and over. Our debt ratio is a little less than three. We got a good well, bond rating. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you because yeah. uh, I forgot to, and it's something that used to come up years ago. Uh, when Mayor Cassetti and, and his administration first took office, there the criticism uh, was that, okay, you had a big fund balance. I mean, the administ uh, Cassetti administration, there was a fund balance when they came in and every year they were drawing from the from the fund balance to uh, keep the tax mm -hmm. taxes low. And eventually that runs out. You can only do that for so long. But I did notice the fund balance now is at 10 percent. Right. How did you how, how is that happening? Um, well, in the past years, they did um, use the fund balance um, to invest revenue into the budget. Um, but, you know, I would argue they did that with a plan in place to stabilize the mill rate to make the city of Antonio more attractive for economic development. And I think, uh, you know, over the seven or eight years before I got here, uh, you, you've seen a lot of this development coming in and there's definitely been some excitement. The grand list now is up over a billion dollars. Um, I believe it was down as uh, around 700,000. So, or 700 million, excuse me. Uh, so, you know, so to pick up $300 million uh, in the grand list over, you know, five or six years is, is actually quite impressive. And that is what's allowing stability to this budget going forward now. So the reinvestment that the city made in itself has allowed there to be stability moving forward. So um, we've been stepping off of the use of fund balance over the last uh, three years now, and you'll notice fund balance use is tied specifically to contingency and to one-time purchases. So again, this budget is no longer reliant on investment from the fund balance to keep it stable. 
which is what the mayor had intended to do from day one. Maybe it took him an extra year or two longer than he had planned to get there. Um, but the goal that he had is here. And now that that foundation is set and built, now the reinvestment into the city begins. So it's, it's a, very, a very positive thing. So while maybe everyone doesn't agree with the steps that the mayor took early on, I think everyone can agree now that the outcome is exactly what the city of Ansonia needed. Okay. And, and with that, Kurt Miller, I want to thank you, uh, seriously thank you for taking at least a half hour to go over uh, this budget uh, with me. And I hope it helps people uh, to be more informed or slightly more informed, or at least to be able to form their own opinion and show up uh, for the public hearing that's coming up Tuesday. April 27th, 6 p.m. again on Zoom. Check the City of Ansonia website for the specific Zoom information. So with that, Kurt, I, I want to say thank you. It is uh, my pleasure to be with you. Thank you for the time and giving us the opportunity to talk about the mayor's budget and his vision for the City of Ansonia. No problem.